This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplified. Hello, hello, Amplify You family. Michelle Abraham, your host, and I'm here today with Sandra Bellamy. Sandra is a new friend of mine that we've met at an event a few months ago, and I'm excited to bring her on this show because what really stood out to me uh, about Sandra is that she had a story and she has a message and it took a lot of courage to get that out there in the world. And in fact, in 2015, she launched her YouTube channel, which has gained thousands of thousands of followers since then. And it's really cool because it's actually kind of like a reality show that follows her along her journey. And it's called uh, Asexualize. And it's asex- Asexual Life. Sorry, it's My Asexual Life. And I think that's a really cool thing that you've done, Sandra. I want to get into it. But there's so many more things about you that I want to share with our audience. Not only is Sandra a YouTuber, she's an advisor, she's an author, she's a speaker, she's a trainer, she's a coach. She's all the amazing things. She's been on tons of publicity, on tons of shows, including BBC Radio, tons of podcasts, The Daily Star, Channel 4, all sorts of great things, The German Vine Show. And she's also a publisher in the UK. And her publishing company is called Quirky Books, where she hopes to share her message with thousands, if not millions of people in the future. So, Sandra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You are so welcome. So we're diving in behind the mic. So we're going to start with your podcast. Are you with your with your YouTube? Sorry, podcast is just a word that comes out of my mouth all the time. I meant YouTube channel. <laughs> so we're going to start with your YouTube channel. So you started it back in 2015. And it is like a reality show following you on your journey. So tell us about it. So I started my YouTube channel in October 2015. On I officially launched it on Asexual Awareness Week because I'm asexual in sexual orientation. And if your audience has never heard of that before, asexuality is a sexual orientation that's based on the lack of sexual attraction. And what that means for me as a romantic asexual is I don't get sexual attraction towards anyone, but I do get romantically and aesthetically attracted towards guys, but I don't get the need urge or want for partnered sexual intercourse because I don't have those sexual feelings. So yeah, it's a big topic. It covers a lot of different spectrum identities as well. Right. Well, thank you for sharing that with us because I bet that's uh, I would bet our audience may may or may not have heard of that term before. So now, and also too, like that is a big, huge thing to talk about, and that takes a lot of courage to share something around that's so intimate to you personally. So, how did you get the courage to start sharing your story, especially so publicly on the YouTube channel? Yeah, so this is really big for me because it was a major shift in my life. So prior to my channel, I was really scared about talking about sex and I would only talk about it with past ex-boyfriends. And I'm an asexual that has had sex in the past, which might shock some people. And that was before I knew uh, I'm asexual. I discovered I'm asexual in 2014, but I was in heterosexual relationships for pretty much the majority of my life. But I was so shy about sex, I would only talk about it with my ex-boyfriends when in a relationship with them. 
And I wouldn't even talk about it with an, a girlfriend, no one. So it's kind of like my secret with just my exes. And even though a lot of asexuals don't want sex, it, but some are, you know, okay about having it, if I'm going to make a big impact in the world, I thought, and help asexuals, then I can take the information that I had about my past sex life to the grave with me, or I could share it with the world and help some people. So I chose to bravely share it with the world and help some people. And I think that's a really important message for your audience. Yeah, if you take it to the grave with you, it helps no one. Do you know what I mean? So get your voice out, people. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing that. You know, as we work with so many podcasters, that's one of the things that comes up all the time is that fear of having your voice heard. And I think if you boil it down to it, it really comes down to a fear of being judged. How did you get past that fear of judgment? I had to prepare myself mentally. So I had to think, you know, you're going to be talking about sex and further down the line, masturbation. I was so blushing when I first talked about it and I was so scared and I'm thinking, just do it, Sandra, because I feel like asexual, you know, and asexuality is my natural thing to talk about. It's almost like I've known it all my life, which I pretty much did, but didn't realize it because I was born that way. And I am a leader naturally somewhat, although I used to be really shy and introverted years ago. And so I just thought, you know, if you're going to do this, you, you're going to be getting out of your comfort zone all the time. So the sooner you do it, the better. And if you blush, it's okay. If you're shy at first, it's okay. And just put it out there. You know, I'm very careful with my community. If I have people that are being horrible in my community, I mean, other people are welcome that are not asexual, but if they start getting horrible and trolling and saying nasty things, I will block them because I think it's my responsibility to protect my community there. And so if people are saying horrible things to me and about me, then they're probably going to say it to members of my community in comments and it's not going to be a safe space for them. So one thing I pride myself on which I do get comments back about and feedback, is that my channel is a safe space. Even though it's public, people feel safe coming on my channel because I protect the people that I care about, which is my asexual community. And so I do that with myself. It's about self-love and self-respect, as well as understanding your audience. And that also it's good to have an idea of what might be the worst case scenario and, you know, what they could say that might be horrible. A lot of it I've already heard before anyway, because I discovered I'm asexual in 2014. So that gave me time to get used to be, you know, knowing I'm asexual. I've always been asexual, but I didn't know it. And I started hosting asexual meetups in January 2015 before I started my channel. And that allowed me to meet asexuals offline in person. Mm. So it brought it to reality for me, if you like. And so those were good experiences of like-minded people and that gave me strength and also joining online communities gave me strength to know what I was talking about and also to give me the courage to do it because when you've got people around you that understand you that you can relate to it makes the whole process a lot better yeah that's awesome so if I if I can boil it down for our audience I think it comes down to first of all having the courage to put it out there and imagining the worst case scenario and then makes anything else that happens not so bad and number two is surrounding yourself. Well, first of all, having the self-love and the self-acceptance and nurturing of a community and surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded and also that you can you make sure that's a very safe environment. So I love what you've said about the way you've curated a safe place for people to share 
and to be a part of. So that community and that connection is super important. And I'm sure it helps gives you strength too to keep going as a leader, to keep sharing your message. But I also heard you say something about when you first learned that you were asexual, you went out and met people in person and surrounding yourself with others and started talking about it first before you became super public and, and putting it out there on YouTube. So I think that also probably helps getting some traction speaking about it without putting it out there on YouTube first. So just but practice speaking about it out loud instead of just in your head, right? Yeah, it helped because I found out I was asexual in 2014, but it took me about three weeks to come to terms with where I fall on the asexual spectrum because that's yeah. that's kind of hard to work out. And then I was going in forums and stuff like that. And then January 2015, I started my channel in October 2015. January 2015 is when I met the first two asexual people in person offline and that solidified my asexuality and I got I was I had I have to say I had social anxiety for years and years and years of my life I could only usually be one-to-one with someone because I have generalized anxiety disorder Mm -hmm. I was born into trauma I had a forceps birth so I had anxiety even before I was born and so I've had anxiety all my life which I manage well I still do have anxiety but I manage it really well but it was very difficult for me you know I went into the asexual community and I noticed that there was people that were talking about meeting up, but no one was actually doing anything about it. Mm. And they were doing this on asexual.org, which is the biggest online forum for asexuals. And there was a couple of people that seemed to really want to meet up, but no one was stepping up to the plate. And I've been a manager in retail before. That's what I did in my past mm-hmm. life, if you like, for a lot of years. And so I thought you're a natural born leader, Sandra. You're not really a follower. So I think you need to step up and be the person that does this. So I organized it with the two people. And then when I got to meet them in person and we were talking about asexuality, it just brings it all to life. So that experience between January and October was really, really good. However, there's, uh, oh yeah. And so that helped me overcome social anxiety, which I've had for years, which is really important. People have traveled to my meetups for like hours. One guy came on a bus for 12 hours. I could coach, yeah, just one way and had to go back that way. So it really stopped me having the social anxiety that I used to have. And then, yeah, when I, when I was doing my channel, that was in October 2015. Like I said, there was something else I was going to say and I was gone out of my head. Um, but I was, I was going to say something about getting out of my comfort zone again. So obviously I got out of my comfort zone to do that, but. Yeah, I hate absolutely. It. <laughs> it's all right. It'll probably come back to you. And if it does, yeah. just let us know. <laughs> and so my next question was going to be about your your uh, actual YouTube channel, because it's about your life. And it, it's like kind of like a reality TV show. So tell us what that's like from like the behind the scenes. Like, are you taking a camera with you wherever you go? Was wanting to get inspired? How are you planning that content out? Because I know for me, like the thought of bringing stuff with me or like turning on the camera all the time is like exhausting. Although I want the content, I don't want to have like feel like I'm needing to put a camera on all the time. So how do you deal with that? And what's your process? And what is your content kind of look like? Okay, so between 2015 up to 2018, July 2018, I wasn't actually doing live streaming like I do now. And I wasn't doing everything to do with my life. So I was putting out like a video, like ready-made video, Hmm. but that actually didn't suit me very well. I like ad-libbing. I like being in the moment. I don't like scripting. It actually doesn't work well for me. I feel it holds me back. I feel that if you think about 
perfecting stuff all the time, then it just drives you nuts. And I actually find it harder. So I'm speaking at the B&B Come Summit next week. My talk is very structured and it's the one I did at Oxford University for Blue Talks recently. It's based on that. And to actually structure a talk for me is really hard because I'm not used to doing that. And so in July 2018, uh, that was when I do my Asexual Perspectives Awareness Month because I published a book called Asexual Perspectives, 47 Asexual Stories, Love, Life and Sex, A Celebration of Asexual Diversity. And so I decided every year for the whole of July in a way for people to get used to the book, I would quote from the book every single day and I start doing a live stream every single day for that month. And then I decide to carry on. I don't do it every day because I can't because of my workload, but I do do it as much as possible. So I do a live stream chat show. I went on to do a live stream chat show and I also just take my phone out all the time. And it's like one of my most watched types of video is food. That gets more views a lot of the time than my asexual stuff. So it's absolutely shocking what some people watch. But a lot of asexuals have an in-house joke, if you like, that cake or food is better than sex. And so a lot of asexuals seem to love their food. And so I, I hate cooking. This is the iron irony of it. I hate cooking. But I will literally, when I'm having my food, I will do a video and say what the ingredients are in the food I'm eating and stuff like that. And people really love it. So it's very strange. So I've diversified a lot from what is asexuality, the different types of asexuals on the spectrum, all about asexuality, to now about my life. So I went to Disneyland Paris this year, and I'm going back there in January. And so I literally take shorts videos. Shorts are a really good way to grow your channel. They're incredible. So I'll do little shorts videos of the parade. And there was a horse and carriage that went through Disneyland Paris. And that was one of my best viewed videos. So you never really know what people are going to like. I had one video where I had a weird thing happen where a leaf fell on my arm randomly. And that's like had over 3,000 views. <laughs> so it's very strange what people like watching. Um, but mine's kind of an entertainment show, information mixed in, education and lifestyle. So I do like cover all those four things, whereas before it used to be just education but that allows me to continue creating content all the time. Mm. I don't worry about what people think of me. I've become more and more confident. And so I couldn't really care less. I stream in my pajamas, in my dressing gown quite a lot of the time because I'm streaming late at night. And it's either, all right, Sandra, you either like decide to like get up and put all these clothes on and stuff, in which case you'll get really tired and out of the mood. And I just think do it as it is because it's real. A lot of asexuals can relate to it because they're at home eating yeah. food watching the TV in their pyjamas or whatever. So be relatable to your specific audience. Yeah. It doesn't matter what other people do, just be you. That's a great that's great advice because if you, I liked what you said about getting out of the mood by the time you put clothes on. And it's true, like if you just, just do you when you feel like in the mood to do it, then that's going to be a lot better. And your audience will relate to you more if you're in the moment and just like they would like to see you be so instead of trying to be someone that you're not or do something that you don't want to do i love it i want to dive just quickly for one moment into you live stream from when you're out and about do you have a live stream app on your phone that you do that from and which one do you use oh i mostly live stream at home not when i'm out so much mostly out i do shorts videos got it so you pre-record it and then upload them no, I, I, I do the live chat show in, in YouTube. I just click yeah. go live using my Got webcam it. on my laptop and I go live. Often 
for one to two hours at a time. So last yeah. night I did a live stream that's over 40 minutes. Yeah. And I just think of something I want to say, just one thing. Right. And I click go live and then I have a whole discussion about it. And I just, it comes so naturally to me that I can just talk about it for however long I need to talk about it. And I have people in chat, they can ask me what they want. And so some people come in chat from America or, you know, all over the world, basically. And they ask yeah. me questions or comment. And you have to manage basically what you're talking about as well as going to people in chat because I very much advertise it is a chat show, which is my USP. Because right. a lot of other asexual channels, they just do 10-minute videos a lot of the time, right. which are very popular, but it's not really totally me. I feel much more comfortable being able to put a lot more content out, you know, in the moment and be able to do these live chat shows where I connect asexuals around the globe in chat itself and they can interact with each other and me and ask me whatever I want, whatever they want, not what I want, whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. So I would love to know like a little bit more about you have some books that you're that you have are all want to get out into the world. Uh, what's your vision for your publishing company? So my first book I ever published was in 2015. Actually, it was a redundancy book that took me two and a half years to write. And then I published A Sexual Perspectives in 2017, which is a best selling book now. So that's on Amazon. And I published Fibromyalgia Self Help Handbook. How to manage fibromyalgia, have less pain, more energy, and feel happier like a superhero rock star. And I did that in 2019. These are non-fiction books, my own personal experience, but asexual perspectives have got 47 asexual stories in there, mine and other people's. But I've done it in a question and answers way. So their stories are told through the answers to the questions. So it's every question you could possibly think of when you're new to asexuality in the asexual spectrum. And the fibromyalgia self-help handbook is my own personal way i manage fibromyalgia have a lot more energy than most people as you can tell by my voice and uh, i decrease my pain and and be happier so i I, when i got fibromyalgia diagnosis it took me like six months to come to terms with the fact i had a disability for life and then that's when i stopped talking negatively to myself because i had depression for years i was very bad at talking negatively to myself and so my fibromyalgia saved me from depression and became an asset to me Mm. So in terms of asexuality, I've got three books on the go for asexuals at the moment. One is I've had for over four and a half years, I've been working on it since June 2019. Yeah, so I it's called Asexual Guide to Sex, which obviously is quite controversial in some ways, but there are specifically a number of asexuals that want to try sex or are willing to participate in it, and it doesn't come naturally to them. And I have the experience in my past because I used to have sex in the past, to be able to navigate the, the the relationships between heterosexuals and asexuals. That's where my expertise lies in that I can bring the two together. My mission is to get asexuality recognized as a sexual orientation in its own right throughout the globe so no asexual has to live in fear of really cool ever again. And I believe my background is good because I can understand the heterosexual mind and the lifestyle and the way that works and the asexual. They're kind of very different in some ways. Yeah. And it's kind of hard for them to understand each other, but I think I can bridge the gap. So I've got that. But at the moment, I I got Diary Confessions of a Hyperromantic Asexual 78 Life Lessons to Ace Your Life. That's <laughs> called one I'm currently editing. So I finished that. It can, but I haven't finished editing it. And people want it before Christmas, but because I'm at the Be and Become Summit, I'm busy promoting that at the moment. I'm having a hard time trying to finish editing that. 
And I, I just added a bit more to it, actually. I, I have so many books in me and so much I want to write. I end up adding more to these things. But yeah, it's really good. It's, this is behind the scenes of my channel and my mind as a hyper-romantic asexual. So this is giving my audience further behind-the-scenes stuff. So besides having my blogs of like, when I go to the cathedral, for example, sit on the sit on the um, cathedral wall when I eat my food, when I'm just, you know, like preparing for a podcast, I go, hey, I'm eating this, I'm preparing for, you know, I'm going to be on a podcast soon about asexuality. And when I'm doing Disneyland Paris or wherever I go to, you know, the zoo or whatever, I've got that. But then this book, I'm specifically a hyper-romantic asexual, and this book is good because it takes you behind the scenes in my brain of a hyper-romantic asexual. But it's my real-life stuff that's been going on. And so it's kind of really good because it's got romance stuff in there, which is romance is the most hottest genre in mm-hmm. fiction. Right. But it's my real life. It's like it's like it's non-fiction, but it's got parts of fiction elements in it, if you know what I mean, in the terms of its romance book. But it's mm. what I learned being a hyper-romantic and the life lessons to help other people in their life it's very i like it i'm raving about it because i think it's a very clever concept it's something i've never tried before the concept came to me in just september this year and i'm like you've got to do this book you've got to do it now it's like an experiment because it's something you've never done before so i am scared about doing that because i don't know how my audience are going to take it but i want to put it out there and see how it goes i've already got people who say they want to buy it so you know it's good having a youtube audience is how i think i sell a lot of my books i don't have specific statistics on that but i know that when i talk to people or i in my show i talk about my books like as part of my introduction often that that's when the usually the sales increase if i don't talk about my book on my channel sales decrease mm-hmm. so there's a there's a direct correlation it seems to be there so and i've also got asexualized academy club which is a very tiny coaching club and i've got a like workbook ace workbook in there that I start doing for those members, but that will come out on Amazon for people to buy as well that are non-members. So that's the three books I've got so far, but there's like loads of other stuff I want to do. But Diary Confessions, I'm thinking it's probably going to be a series mm-hmm. and that's really going to be good because you're going to get the visual like stuff of my show. Then you're going to get behind the scenes of my mind. So it's going to be kind of really good. People can see both sides of it and they'll have even more access to me being me and my life stuff, you know, oh, and reality TV. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it takes a, it takes a lot of courage to be that on and having your life that public. And so I just want to commend you for your courageousness and especially talking about a topic that is highly sensitive and, and intimate. So that's the double whammy right there. So, you know, audience, if you're listening today and you're hearing Sandra's story, reach out to her. Tell her how amazing she is and how courageous she is because she deserves to hear how all the wonderful things that she's doing in the world. And uh, if you're thinking about getting out there and sharing your message with the world, you know, I hope you really take this, this interview to heart because Sandra had to overcome a lot of things to get that message out there in the world. And she's doing an amazing job. So Sandra, share with us your YouTube channel where to find out about you and uh, how we can connect with you. So my main YouTube channel is called Asexualized My Asexual Life. I do have another channel, which I haven't mentioned yet, which is called Make Money, Make Cash. And we haven't dived into that, but I, it's growing slowly. And I, it's basically sharing how I make money online using marketplaces. So everyday people can do it. And then I interview other people about how they make money, make cash, doing what they love. So 
other people that are listening could do the same. So, and I do behind the scenes stuff of my business on there as well. And Sandra Bellamy Group at gmail.com is how you can get hold of me by email. I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash asexualized, but you have to put asexualized because Facebook will not allow you to put the word asexual in the HTTP address. Hmm. So an asexualized.com with an S. So they're my main points of contact. Okay. And LinkedIn I'm on as well as Sandra Bellamy on there. But yeah. We will link all those things to the show notes for you guys to follow along because it's hard to get all those when you're listening and you're maybe driving in your car or working at a gym. So we will make sure that we get those in the show notes for you. And Sandra, I want to thank you for coming on today and having this interview with me. It's been a pleasure hearing about your story and your courageousness to share your story and the the world and the changes that you're going to make in the world and the impact you make by sharing your story are amazing. Thank you so much for being with us today. Any last words of wisdom for our audience today? Just do it. Don't worry about it. And know that you can figure this out because you can look for evidence of when you've achieved something difficult in your life before to know you can do it again. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get my books on Amazon. I have to say that because they are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks guys for listening in today. Amplify you family. I'm glad there and have a fabulous week. We'll see you again next week. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.